Hey guys, this is Scott, and before we get started on what has got to be one of the weirdest episodes of the Mountaintop Podcast ever, I have a quick announcement for you. I know it's long overdue, but we finally have a Facebook page. There are almost 300 guys already having joined it just in a few short days, and it promises uh, to be a great group full of some really intelligent conversation from some truly great guys who want to reclaim masculinity and get the greatest women they've ever met, along with uh, moving forward in their careers and uh, winning in their social circle. Uh, we're talking about a lot of deep stuff and a lot of fun stuff there. So what you want to do is go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash Facebook, and it'll take you directly there, assuming you're logged in. Uh, we're having a lot of fun there, guys. This is a different kind of Facebook group. So even if you're a member of some others, be sure to check this one out. Uh, I'm definitely participating personally. It's already tons of fun, and I'm really enjoying the guys there and uh, the camaraderie we're sharing. So uh, definitely check it out. And now it's on to the big show. Today's guest is someone you've probably never heard of before. And like I said, this is a weird, wild one with a truly interesting and mind-blowing topic. Here we go. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. How's it going out there, gentlemen? This is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications, and you're tuned in to another episode of the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. With me today is someone I've been looking forward to having on the show as a co-host. You're in for something completely different than usual, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that's lucid dreaming. With me today is my friend Chris Hammond, who is the Chief Lucidity Officer of World of lucid dreaming and the founder of Clara dream, which we'll talk about later, Chris, all the way from Sydney down under. How's it going, man? Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's wonderful to have you on because this mm. whole experience of lucid dreaming for me, when I first did it mm. back in about 2002 was one of the most profound life-changing experiences I ever had was my mm. first full lucid dream. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. So, you know, the first thing I want you to do is to help these guys understand what lucid dreaming actually is and maybe even what it isn't. And, you know, a couple of reasons why it's so cool. What it is. And it, it's a pretty simple answer. Look, I mean, we find about 60 to 70 percent of people will have a lucid dream naturally, right, at some point in their lives most people um they would experience it you know periodically i personally as a kid i had lucid dream about you know a handful of times a year a lucid dream is a dream in which you are aware you are dreaming simply put and you may or may not have an element of control over what you do in that dream so if you've ever had a dream where you've been flying and you know you're flying and you can control yourself soaring over the ocean or what have you and you can feel the wind 
rushing across your body you can actually feel that physical sensation you can control what you're doing and you're aware you're dreaming that's that's a, a lucid dream in a nutshell so basically just to add some clarity to this if you're dreaming and you think you're awake and doing something really wild and it's just not occurring to you that you're oh my gosh actually in your bed asleep and this is a dreamscape you're manufacturing in your mind that's not a lucid dream that's just a dream where something really cool and supernatural happens to be happening and your brain hasn't picked up on the fact that this is a different i don't even know what to call it reality or a situation than your actual waking world right the key yeah pretty much the key here is the word awareness mm -hmm. so you can be having a really cool, vivid dream, colorful, bright dream. But if you're not aware you're dreaming at that particular point, then you're not lucid, right? So you could wake up in the morning and think, wow, what a, a crazy, awesome dream that was. But then you can remember how you felt and what you thought during that dream. You can probably remember your consciousness during that dream, thinking and your thought processes, but you weren't aware you were dreaming. So in a lucid dream, you're experiencing the same thing, but you are aware that it is a dream. That's the difference. Yeah. So basically your conscious mind is awake in your sleeping dream state. 100%. That to me is why it's so cool. A hundred percent. That's exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's weird too. Some people are aware enough to be able to wake themselves up from a nightmare, right? But that's not quite lucid dreaming just yet. That's correct. If someone was practiced in the art of lucid dreaming and they had a nightmare, nightmares can actually be great. I mean, I, I kind of look forward to having nightmares these days because they're so intense or can be so intense and so vivid and, and have such realistic sensations. They are a great opportunity to become lucid, right? So because one, one of the tricks that we teach in lucid dreaming is how to become aware, right? Because it's all fine and good to say, oh, you need to be aware in your dreams, but you need to have little tricks and techniques to actually become aware, right? So when you've got a nightmare, that's a particularly unrealistic scenario in many cases, not in all cases, right? I mean, you could have a very realistic nightmare, but for example, there's some crazy ass monster chasing me um, around, then I'm going to know that's not real. I'm going to know that's a dream. So that gives me an opportunity to convert that nightmare into a lucid dream by triggering that awareness. And, and then the moment you realize you're dreaming is the moment that you can then take control of that dream. So in the case of a nightmare, you can turn the plot, right? So if you've been chased by a monster and suddenly – you think, ah, oh, I'm dreaming now, and you convert that into a lucid dream, you can turn around and face the monster, right? And probably many, many people have experienced a similar thing. And then the moment you face the monster, boom, it probably changes into something completely different. Um, or, you, or you can just turn around and beat it up, beat the hell out of it, or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, you head out a sword uh, or, or an Uzi. It's all about that trick, Um on, a, on an unrelated note, going off on a little bit of a tangent, like sometimes you find yourself, and this is in regard to awareness, sometimes you find yourself thinking, there's something strange going on here. Is this a dream? And then oftentimes you'd be caught in that space between having full consciousness in the dream world and, and not. And oftentimes you can test that by doing something completely bizarre and unrealistic. So an example for me the other day was I was walking along the road and thinking, 
man, this is weird. I'm holding something. I was actually holding our latest product, which I'm not going to mention right now, but I'm thinking, hey, this is just being manufactured at the moment. How can it be in my hands? And I thought, oh, it must be dreaming, but it feels so real. So I ran, I ran straight into the traffic. I ran straight into the oncoming car. And of course, that triggered my complete awareness. And I flew up into the sky at that point and, and converted into a lucid dream. So Now, see, I had always been taught that what you want to do is something a bit less life-threatening to prove that you're actually lucid dreaming. In other words, instead of just jumping off a 20-story building and expecting to fly, you want to make sure you're dreaming before you go and do that, right? You definitely want to make sure you're dreaming, yeah. Yeah, one of the tricks I was taught was to look at my watch and note what time it is and take my eyes away from the watch and look at my watch again. And if I'm dreaming, it'll be a completely different watch and a completely different time. There are a few different tricks um, that we teach that all sort of hinge on the same theme. One of the most common is what we call reality checks. Um, yes, right. So the way we teach this is throughout the day, uh, maybe 10, 20 times, you do a certain rehearsed thing. And the object of this thing is to test whether you are dreaming or not. So, for example, if you push your thumb into the middle of your hand, I mean, do it right now. <laughs> right. I'm, push, I'm pushing it in. I've heard that one too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to really think about it, right? It's not just about the physical action. You've got to really think, am I dreaming? And you've got to think, why am I so sure right now that this isn't a dream? And then the other one that's quite common is holding your nose. So hold your nose and try to breathe in. You can't do it, right? In a dream, both of those things you can do, right? In a dream, you can push <laughs> your thumb through your head. You know what, Chris? That leads me to ask, Chris, uh, you know, a lot of guys are listening to this thinking we have absolutely lost our minds. That You know, what the are these guys talking even about? Yep. talking about? Yeah, yep. exactly. Has this been proven to be a reality? So these guys don't have to sit here and guess whether it's a myth or not. Is there something out there that they can go Google that'll that'll prove to them that, hey, you know what? What we're talking about here is scientific fact. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There have been multiple studies on this, all in the lab, published in journals. All you need to do if you're in any doubt is Google, is lucid dreaming real? And one of the first pages will be our page from the world of lucid dreaming. And you've got right on there all the links to all the scientific journals, all the EEG data. Um, it's right there for you. So they actually use brainwaves to figure out whether people are lucid and dreaming at the same time during REM sleep and things like that. I know there are several scientists who've done extensive studies on this and they tend to come out with the same results. So, uh, yeah, that's really fascinating. To me, it's kind of like when guys talk about, uh, say, female ejaculation. And mm. a lot of people are thinking, oh, that's just pee. She's not really doing that. And then they actually help a woman have an orgasm like that for the first time. And they're like, man, you know, that was real. Nothing succeeds like success. Right. So I think, you know, once you have your first lucid dream, you realize this is no myth, but I think just to earn the right to be heard here, lest these guys just flat out straight up tune us out. I think we needed to get that on the table and let these guys know it. The other thing I want to ask is, is this kind of like a new agey thing? Is this going to interfere with my religious beliefs? Am I, uh, pretending on my own God here. Is this anything like the new agey astral projection thing or, you know, can it exist completely apart from your spiritual beliefs? You will see a lot of teachers, so to speak on the internet that are 
associated with that kind of belief system. But lucid dreaming is absolutely 100% distinct from all of that stuff. And I'm not criticizing anyone's personal beliefs or belief systems, but lucid dreaming is a skill, okay? It's, it's a scientifically proven skill, just like any other skill, just like playing the piano or playing tennis or meditation, lucid dreaming is a skill, okay? It's not associated with any religion. It's not associated with astral projection was a word, a phrase coined in the 1700s for lucid dreaming, okay? That was the understanding of an older, less scientific era of what we now know today as lucid dreaming. But nevertheless, it's really powerful. And to me, I don't think of it as being my own God. I think of it in terms of really the opposite. I think it's humbling that I'm now using this part of my brain that I didn't even know was possible. And I've all of a sudden distorted my view of reality so that I'm more confused about the size of this universe than ever. <laughs> you know, I mean, to wit, it's a widely repeated concept that we only use a certain percentage of our brain's capacity. Chris, is this how we tap into that higher percentage? You know, assuming that's true. Some people say that's a whole myth to begin with. But, you yeah. know, considering you're asleep and your brain is not only manufacturing your internal sense of what's going on on the fly, it's manufacturing your entire external reality on the fly in real time. I mean, that is absolutely involving more brain power than simply sensing your world around you, wouldn't you think? Look, I don't want to answer yes, and at the same time, I don't want to answer no, because it's not like I can point you at a scientific study that says we use X percentage of our brains during waking life, and when you have a lucid dream, you use X plus Y percentage. I can't do that in the same way as I could point you at a scientific study to do with post-traumatic stress disorder and lucid dreaming or athletic performance and lucid dreaming, right? It's not that cut and dry. But if you're asking me my personal uh, experience, then uh, yeah, absolutely. You can delve and probe into your own subconscious 100%. Uh, in, in my personal experience, I've been able to do that uh, and it's been very valuable. Well, I'll tell you from my own personal experience, I completely concur. The first time I ever did this, like I told you, it was a profound mm. life-changing thing for me. That's because I woke up questioning everything. I mean, I had just experienced an alternate reality that was every bit as real to live in as the one you and I are living in right now and the listeners are sharing with us, Chris. I mean, there were no gaps. All the colors mm. were filled in. I'd look around and I saw everything on the landscape. It was absolutely as real a world as waking life was. You know what I mean? It's, it still gets me today. Yeah. E even after practicing this for some years now, it still gets me today. And yeah, that moment when you're like, oh my God, I am actually in a dream, but this is so real. It's an incredible experience. And yeah, I, I agree. Those moments um, after you wake, like I'm not going to compare lucid dreaming to taking psychedelic drugs. I'm not because it's not, it's not the same thing at all. But in the same breath, those few hours after you wake, um, you do start to pose some pretty 
serious and heavy questions to yourself about the nature of reality and consciousness, right? Oh, um, absolutely. No question. Because, again, to the whole point of brain power, your mm. brain is manufacturing this reality on the fly in mm. real time, just like you're sensing reality with your eyes, which is simply light waves being registered in your eye sockets and sent to your brain for processing. This is your brain actually making all this stuff up. So I absolutely think that your brain is using more of its power that you're tapping into it. But I also agree a thousand percent that it really messes with your whole sense of reality. I mean, it's scary. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, okay, look, what is my waking life? How real is this? I mean, people are spending their time trying to look for proof of God and they're trying to look for evidence of an afterlife. What if there's another whole shell of reality that isn't even open to us because it's in a different dimension we don't even understand that we won't see till we're in the hereafter? Just like right now, we can fall asleep and suddenly wake up into a completely different reality that quite literally has nothing to do with our external waking reality, except maybe for the images that are limited by what we do know from our waking life for the most part. It comes down to what Morpheus said in The Matrix, right? What is reality? What is real? Because real to your brain is just a series of electrical impulses, right? Right. Well, the way I separate it out is this. Your lucid dreaming reality to me is more powerful because of what you're capable of in a lucid dream state compared to what you are in your waking state. But you're inevitably going to wake up from that reality, which in a way proves that it's somehow a kernel within our waking reality. In other words, you will always wake up to your you know, reality that all of us are living in right now. However, the more powerful ramifications of manufacturing our own reality on the fly during a lucid dreaming state to me, are as follows, and I'll enumerate them for you and let you riff on them. The first one is superpowers, like you are a more powerful human being. We've already alluded to the fact that you can, for example, fly. Okay, that's awesome, by the way, but you can have superhuman strength. You can pick up a car and throw it. One of my favorite ones that I don't think many people actually think about is breathing underwater, like diving into the ocean and swimming with whales and sharks and clownfish and being able to breathe underwater as if you're a fish. fish. Yeah. You know, so you do have these superpowers and you can enact any of them as long as you have the skill to take that kind of control in your dream. I mean, I know for a fact that there are times where I feel like I'm on my game and there are times where I feel like I just don't have it that night. And it's frustrating because I'm trying to fly and I just can't take off the ground. It's like I have cement shoes, or quite frankly, it's like I'm in my waking reality. Have you ever experienced something like that? I have, uh, Scott, yes. And the way I would describe it as this is all to do with skill. So as I suggested before, lucid dreaming is a skill. And these tools in your toolbox are techniques and practices that a lucid dreamer, so to speak, has to familiarize himself with. So techniques to extend the duration of the dream techniques to stabilize the dream environment techniques to take control of the dream are all required so if you want to have these superpowers which are absolutely 100 percent, yes you can do that don't at the same time expect to step into your very first lucid dream and be walking around with 100% control for an hour, right? Because that's not going to happen. What happens in your first, most people's first lucid dream 
is they pop into the dreamscape and they realize they're dreaming and they get so excited that they run around for about 20 seconds and, you know, do what they, they want to do. And then they bang, they wake up because they're just too excited. Whereas when you start practicing lucid dreaming as a skill, as part of your life, then you begin to calm that down, right? And you begin to take control and you begin to develop the practices and the methods and the mental exercises that allow you to do all those good things that you said, breathing underwater and flying at will and generating dreamscapes and so on and so forth. Well, you could also take the Dumbo the elephant approach and just jump off a tower with a black feather and hope you fly, you know, assuming you've looked at your watch twice or put your thumb through your palm or something. Maybe that would It's very right. popular. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you know you're dreaming, if you know you're in a dream, then sometimes you can break through the awareness barrier by attempting an impossible task. And that can trigger uh, the awareness, the realization that you're in a dream. And that leads to one of my other tenets here of the ramifications of manufacturing reality on the fly. Another one is as you just alluded to, lack of limitations. I was reading something where someone likes to really blow people away in their dream by doing superhuman things like removing their nose and throwing it at them and things like that and watching the person in the dream flip out because they're not dreaming. <laughs> you know, it gets really, really crazy. Um, I've heard people say they manufacture people in their dream or strangers they've never seen before who are fully human beings. You know, they are mm. every bit as unique looking as anybody you'd see on the street. You say, hey, are you dreaming like me? And they'll look at you like you are one weird dude. You know, like you got to be kidding. Or, you know, you'll take your face off and put it back on and they'll run away screaming and things like that. The depths of what goes on when you're doing the lucid dreaming thing are absolutely insane. But you know, not only like taking your nose off and things like that. Another way I would define lack of limitations is one of my favorite things I like to do is I like to play backup point guard for my favorite basketball team, the San Antonio Spurs. And the game I play with myself in those dreams is I have my current level of basketball skill, which is next to none in those dreams. And it's almost like, why did these people put me on the team? The jig is going to be up at some point. They're going to realize you know, Greg Popovich is going to realize I have no talent and he's going to cut me. And yet they somehow keep me on the team and I get on the plane and I fly with Mono Ginobili and Tim Duncan and we're doing practice. And it's like everything's moving in real time. And I'm just a guy who plays for the Spurs. But of course, in real life, there's no way in hell I'm going to play for the Spurs. Another example is a friend of mine told me, you know, he was a baseball player and what he wanted to do was face Max Scherzer, a really excellent major league baseball pitcher. And what he was able to get his brain to do was basically go into, for lack of a better word, the same kind of mode as if you were playing chess against the computer. He let his brain be Max Scherzer and let Max Scherzer be Max Scherzer, and he either hit the home run or he struck out. It wasn't like, okay, here we go. I'm just going to hit a home run off Max Scherzer, and you control the baseball into your bat and things like that. He put himself into the position of playing for whatever baseball team was his favorite and facing Max Scherzer and having a real at bat against the guy in his manufactured reality, which again is just as real to him in that moment in his sleep as this reality is to ours. To me, that's just amazing, right? It is amazing. It's completely amazing. And well, I'm a martial artist, so I like, I practice martial arts in my daily life. And one of the things I find myself doing in my dream is just kicking people randomly right so i often encounter these entities whether they're people or 
monsters or or what have you or just objects and like so for example the other week i kicked through a wall right and i i felt my foot go through my living room wall i felt the plasterboard splintering on my bone i felt my foot traveling through the um stud the timber stud beam that is the structure of my living room wall I literally felt myself kick through my living room wall and it felt as if it would feel if my leg was strong and hard enough to actually kick through my living room wall. So that's amazing. Yeah, you, know, you don't, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you, you don't do these things in real life because you don't want to break your foot, right? Or you don't yeah. want to pay for to replace your wall. <laughs> you, <know>? got, <laughs> you can't do that in your waking state. Other examples that come to mind while you're talking is. You can insert yourself into fictional stories. Like you can become the next character in Star Wars, you know, and fight Darth Vader and hang out with Han Solo or whatever you want to do. Um, I heard an example one time where he turned himself into a cartoon and made a cartoon reality, which to me is unbelievably cool. <laughs> oh, I had a customer. I had a, uh, a student contact me just the other day about that, actually. And he, he had a fascination with a particular anime character. And so he was really into summoning this particular anime character in his dream world. And he actually eventually managed to create an entire anime reality that was in his dream. It was really cool. You just brought up another whole idea, which is the concept of calling people into your dream. Hmm. Historical figures, you know, what three guys would you invite over for dinner, living or dead? You can have that dinner. <laughs> you know, you can invite those guys in. People who have passed on, I've visited with mm -hmm. my grandfather who passed away in 1980 in my dreams mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. woke up feeling as if I had just spent time with him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very powerful. I know, but it really, again, messes with your sense of reality. Um, I have not done it myself, but I know there are people who have friends in their dreams who they call back repeatedly who are only represented in that reality. They're not people they've ever met in this reality, but they hang out with the regular friends when they're asleep. And then, of course, the Holy Grail of all, which is probably the best excuse for even having this program on this subject. Wait for it. Drum roll. Calling women into the dream. Famous women, ex-girlfriends, the girl who rejected you in high school or last week. A woman who your brain is knowing full well is going to be your type that you've allowed your brain to, again, be kind of in computer mode and generate for you. And then having that woman be your willing sex partner and willing to do whatever you want. Um, it's kind of like the ultimate wet dream. You know, those things are all fair game in lucid dreaming, aren't they? Oh, 100 percent. Lucid dreaming sex, for example, is one of the most popular topics that our students bring up in the same way as anything else um, that you can do in the lucid dream world, right? There is no difference between the way you would summon a woman into the dream and the way you would summon anyone else or make any other change. Once you develop that ability to control the environment and summon, then the world is your oyster. And the very interesting thing uh, in my personal experience, having sex in a lucid dream or, or a lucid wet dream, so to speak, is it, it comes back to my answer that I just described the way I kicked the wall, right? And I feel the wood splintering 
on my bone, on my foot. I feel that sensation with my body as real as if I hit my table right now. It's the same. If you're having sex in a lucid dream, it feels as real as when you're having sex in real life, 100%. The sensation of screwing whoever it is that you're screwing is real and it's 100%. Um, so yeah, that's fair. It's not, not a something I personally tend to do very much. I personally prefer the self exploration and the self improvement aspects of the skill and the ability to uh, really self examine yourself and what your psychological makeup. But by the same token, if the dreamscape presents that opportunity, sometimes you, you people just run around and, and start having fun, right? And, and that's 100% uh, a really cool thing to do as well if you want to take the dream that way. Really, the limit is your imagination. But for those guys who would like to either manufacture women in their dreams or call a woman into their dream, one thing that just came to mind where you were talking is that is where it all gets kind of complicated in terms of what is reality. Because when you do have sex in your dream, you wake up with an erection. You may wake up having ejaculated. So in other words, your body really is living in that reality while you're living in it. But I have to ask the question, mm. when you kick a wall down with your foot, your foot doesn't hurt when you wake up, right? That's correct. So it is really um, kind of a strange place is sexuality where, I don't know, the realities cross a little, don't they? Very interesting. One of the most popular questions we get is, are lucid dreaming orgasms real? Well, if you have to clean lucid. it up, it was. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's a wet dream. So in the same way as the phenomenon of wet dreams is universally recognized, you can become lucid inside a wet dream in the same way as you can become lucid inside any other dream. Ejaculation in a wet dream or in a lucid dream, it's not always going to be real, but I have personally had experiences where um, I've, I've had a lucid wet dream. It doesn't happen to me very much these days, to be completely honest, but I've had strong orgasms in a dream that didn't physically manifest themselves Yes, as well. That happens yes. as well. If you want to explore that world, then it's going to be unique to you um, and your experiences, but it is it is a world that's out there to explore. Well, I think most of us who are reasonably healthy often wake up with hard-ons, whether we know why or not. But I have happened to have observed that when I do have a rather sexual dream that I'm lucid in, I wake up and I physically manifest it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah, other yeah. things you brought up here that I, I think we've got to dive into is you talk about being a martial artist and kicking everyone. Mm. And you talk about, you know, monsters chasing you in your dreams and turning around with a bazooka and blasting it or an Uzi or something. You have complete lack of consequences for your actions in lucid dreams, unlike in real life. You can go back to high school and beat the living crap out of that guy who bullied you. You can you know, get out your aggressions in any way you want. I mean, one time in a lucid dream, we were hunting submarines in the clouds with bazookas. And you could see the submarines kind of coming up and down, kind of almost like the old Beatles movie, The Yellow Submarine. Oh. <laughs> the submarines were flying in the distance and we were boom, blowing them away with bazookas. 
And because it's your dreamscape and you know you're dreaming, you know nobody's really dying. At least you hope they're not. But you have no consequences for whatever crazy stuff goes on in your dream. So you can punch people out. You can shoot them, whatever. You can play a video game. It's it's exactly like that in your dream. I wouldn't say I share what you're saying and I follow what you're saying. But I wouldn't go as far to say as there are no consequences because – You've got to be you've got to treat yourself with respect and you've got to treat the dream world with respect because it's a very, very powerful thing. And I'll give you an anecdote here that that kind of describes why I'm saying this. So I've got a story, a documented case um, from a doctor, a psychologist that contacted us some years ago. I had a client, a little girl that was suffering from a, a mild to moderate form of post-traumatic stress disorder that she had. She was attacked by a dog. Um, she was bitten by a dog. And since this trauma, she'd been getting flashbacks. Now, what he did for her is he encouraged her to incubate that same situation that occurred in the reality within a lucid dream. So he taught the girl how to lucid dream. And then when she had this reoccurring nightmare, because that's what it was, she was getting reoccurring nightmares as well as the flashbacks, is she took control of the dream and she forged an alternate ending. So when the dog attacked her, what she did is she turned the dog into a hot dog and ate it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. And since that, yes, in the true since sense that, of the word, it's crazy. And since that cured, literally, that cured her post traumatic stress disorder. So there are consequences to what you do in the dream world, absolutely, because this is your subconscious that we're working with here. For example, if you go, to use your example, getting revenge on somebody that beat you up in high school, for example. Sure, you, that's something you might want to do, but you've got to treat that seriously, right? You've got to go into that with the right mindset, and you've got to go into that understanding why you're having that experience, right? Because having an experience in a lucid dream is every bit as real to you as any other experience. So you, there will be consequences for you psychologically Based, like, for example, you go around in your dream murdering everyone, right? That's that's not a good thing to do. It quite. says a lot about who you are in your waking life. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, you know, as you're saying this, I am remembering that my conscience, you know, my belief system, my character still pretty much holds up when I'm dreaming. Mm. You know, for all my talk about calling women into my dreams and whatever – when I fell in love with my wife and married her, that sort of stopped mm. happening. I mean, I would get women present themselves in dreams and go, you know, I can't go through with this. I'm married. So I am literally faithful to my wife, even in my lucid dreams. So, yeah, I think your conscience is still in charge. Your psychology is affected by what goes on in your dreams. I think so. But you also brought up another point here that I think we should explore, and that's the real world utility of lucid dreaming in general, you just talked about a young gal who was cured of PTSD by lucid dreaming. You can also build confidence and personal power by going through real world experiences in your lucid dream state that maybe you're fearing or dreading or just won't try. For example, in my life, I came back to the sport of bicycle motocross after 15 years off. So, you know, there I was in my 30s and the jumps were bigger and I... Mm wasn't going to jump these things because I had to go to work tomorrow, you know. So I would race guys my own age and I'd be rolling these jumps. And meanwhile, the two or three guys next to me would fly into the air 
Next thing you know, I'm three bike lengths behind. So what I did was I had a lucid dream where I recalled what it felt like to be a 15-year-old jumping whatever I wanted and how I did it. You, know, you kind of bunny hop with the bars and pull the whole thing in the air and modulate your body a certain way. And after I had had that lucid dream, I went to my local track in my waking life and did it, you know, because I had already practiced. I had already done it in another reality based on knowledge that I really did have latent in there somewhere from my earlier days in my waking reality. And I simply called it up, practiced it, and built my confidence to do it in my waking reality. It worked like a charm. And I know people have done this with transitioning from being kind of a living room musician to being in a band and playing on stage or public speaking or even kissing a girl for the first time, having sex for the first time. You really can do this, can't you? It's valid. A hundred percent. And I really like the way you described that, Scott, because I think you covered a lot of bases there very accurately. Um, I'll give you an anecdote as well. The way, think of it like this, the way you learn, the learning process is not a hundred percent linear. There are studies that say if you do intense practice of something, any skill, and then take time off, you actually learn more during that time off because the brain needs time off to process and form neurological pathways and so on and so forth. So the brain is always molding itself and cogitating things in the background. So you don't need to be physically doing something to improve at it. So like I've got a friend right now that's learning how to play the hang drum, but he can only access the hang drum the physical one he's got once a month. So he is learning almost purely how to play the hang drum in the lucid dream world. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's fascinating, isn't it? That's yeah. just such a testament to how real this dream state is. There's more to it too. I mean, there's things we haven't even touched on here and time is running short. But gentlemen, you can go forward or backward in time. You can let your brain manufacture what the future is going to look like for you. You can walk with dinosaurs uh, you can not only go back in time, but you can go back in time into Africa or Asia, uh, living in whatever culture you want and letting your brain feed you what it supposes it would have been like to be in that culture. Amazing things. Uh, you can defy all of those laws of not only physics and gravity, but time, space, and even dimension. I mean, you can, you know, step into another realm at will if your brain can manufacture it for you. All these things can be done and more when you do lucid dreaming. I think we could go on and on. Um, exotic places, impossible experiences. I mean, things like, you know, whatever your brain can come up with that is absolutely impossible to experience, that there's no way you would be able to even cross it off your bucket list in the waking world at all because it's just not something a human can do. You can do it. One thing that I want to add here before we talk about how to actually do all this is, again, this is probably a testament to your brain being more powerful than you think. I have heard songs playing or heard bands play songs or a radio playing a song in a lucid dream that's a completely composed piece of, say, pop music or heavy metal or, or hard rock that doesn't exist. It's never been heard before and will never be heard again. And it's just being manufactured on the fly in a completely arranged song by my brain. 
I mean, I don't know how my brain does that. I'm not trained in music that much enough to be able to do all that. But it just does it. And it's just so amazing. It's real. It makes you think. It makes me think of you hear these cases where somebody wakes up one day after they had a knock on the head or something and suddenly they can speak German, right? Yeah. Fluent right. German. They've never been to Germany. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, these little bits of the brain that we don't understand how it works. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have a quick question for you before we talk about how to learn all this. Do you think we'll get to a point in our lifetime where we can actually record dreams and play them back? In our lifetime, possibly not, but in the next two to three generations, possibly. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, it, it would be incredible. I personally think we'll be going the way, the way of the cyborg, right? And once we get quantum computing and um, cybernetic organisms sorted out, then we may have that kind of power. But, you know, personally, I think we're at least two to three generations off from that, if not longer. Well, there's two sides to this as I'm thinking a little bit more deeply about it. First of all would be the idea of recording a dream inside your dream state and being able to call it up on demand when you're sleeping. And then, of course, the obvious one that I was thinking of, which is being able to record a dream and play it to yourself and watch it in your waking state, which to me would be just so realistically cool. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I guess maybe I'm dreaming. I know that some Japanese uh, scientists did a, a study called the neural decoding of visual imagery during sleep. I don't have a whole lot of um, information about it, but I know they did MRI scans during um, a dream, and then they basically put that through an algorithm, through a processing um, decoder, and it spat out a visual image of what the dream was. So that's kind oh, of that's close amazing. To yeah, right it, here today in this year, two thousand seventeen, people are already doing that. I think this study was from like two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Wow, that's just incredible. I'm going to be all over that when we're done recording. But now, you know, these guys have heard so much over the course of this podcast that they've got to be, A, picking their jaw up off the ground. And second, and more significantly, I might add, saying to themselves, how do I do this? I have got to become a lucid dreamer. Now, you actually have a course, a home study course that's been written by Rebecca Turner called Lucid Dreaming Fast Track that my guys may be familiar with because I've talked about it before in my newsletter. And she is on your team, along with a few other writers, and together you are the world of lucid dreaming. So I want to make sure these guys can get their hands on that, because it gives you guys all the practical how-tos on how to become a lucid dreamer. I can vouch for the fact that it is the best course out there. It doesn't break the bank. And right now, you've also come up with a supplement that's all natural called Claridream that actually aids the mind in manufacturing lucid dreams, right? Yeah, our new product, the Claridream Pro, is scientifically verified. Um, the Chinese club moss extract is a acetylcholine esterase inhibitor. So when you take this um, supplement within 30 minutes, um, your acetylcholine levels in your brain will increase. And acetylcholine is scientifically verified to be related to REM sleep, all the lucid dreams occur in REM sleep and memory. We're very proud of that. We successfully crowdsourced that product. Um, over 375 backers, um, it's available right now. So right now what you have is you have a 30-dose complement of Claridream that you are giving to guys for $47, I believe it is, and you will give them 
the lucid dreaming fast track program as part of that. And you will never bill them again. If they want to get more clear dream, that's on them. They can come back for more. You're pretty sure it works. But I'll tell you, getting your hands, guys, on not only the clear dream, but on the program that teaches you step by step, not only how to begin lucid dreaming, but how to keep yourself from waking up, how to do these reality checks that uh, Chris has been talking about, and much, much more, including how to call women and famous people or whatever into your dreams. I know some people like to jam guitar with, you know, Jimi Hendrix or whatever. All of this is possible. You know, like I alluded to, your brain will come up with things you didn't even expect it to that are so amazing, and you're just left so amazed when you wake up. Get your hands on this, guys, by going to www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash dream, D-R-E-A-M. You'll find out more about Chris and his team and not only the Lucid Dreaming Fast Track, but also Claire Dream. Uh, I highly recommend it. This is one of those things that you don't want to just decide you're going to do and expect to do it. You need to do a little bit of research. Uh, you need to treat it like a learned skill. And I'll tell you, here's what it comes down to, guys. You're sleeping for a third of your life. You may as well do something that's cool and adventurous while you're sleeping, right? Otherwise, you know, you're just resting. So lucid dreaming is not only one of the coolest things I've ever done, and I'm sure Chris would concur. It's something that doesn't take time out of your busy schedule to do. It's like a hobby you can do during this downtime that's called sleep. So, you know, check it out. See what you think. www.mountaintoppodcast.com front slash dream. Chris, this has been one of the most amazing action-packed episodes ever. I want to thank you so much for uh, making the time during the uh, cold winter months down under. I know it's morning for you and evening for me. Uh, great show, great content. Thanks so much, Scott. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And guys, remember, you can go to mountaintoppodcast.com, get on my daily newsletter, which is full of ways to get better with women right now. It's actionable. It's down to earth. There aren't any crazy tricks or anything you're not going to be proud of. We're high character guys around here telling you how to get the best women into your life. That's at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. And remember, we're here to serve you. If you want to get on the fast track to things other than lucid dreaming, like, you know, your career, getting better with women, finding the right woman for you, uh, we have a team of coaches or you can work with me personally to get the results you want in your life. Until I talk to you again on the next episode, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. Be good out there. The Mountaintop Podcast is copyright 2016 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.